Hello, everybody, and welcome to the basement. Today, we're doing something that I always love to do on this show whenever I get a chance to, and because it's a chance for you guys, the guests, to you know engage with me, the hostess with the mostess. <laughs> I have to stop calling myself that um, because I don't, not really the hostess with the mostess. Anyway, um, you guys send in your questions to be answered on the air. And I do a little mailbag episode. That's what we call it. We call it the mailbag. I open up the mailbag and uh, see who submitted what. And if you're confused at how to submit a question to get answered on the show whenever I do these episodes, uh, usually there's a post that goes up on Instagram the week before a mailbag episode is going to air. It's usually in the uh, the Instagram page's uh, stories. So you can just kind of submit a question through there. And um, if I don't get to answer it on the show. I usually kind of float it to the next time I do a mailbag episode. So like on today, I actually still have a few questions that I wanted to answer that are left over from the last time we did this. I want to say back in March was the last time I did a mailbag episode. So there's a few extra ones that I thought were cool, but I just don't think I really had the time to do like an hour and a half episode of a, a mailbag part of the show. And again, to specify, uh, just look... Tyler Grace's Basement Pod, I think that's our Instagram handle, um, up on Instagram just to kind of keep tabs of when I am taking questions for the air. Uh, every couple months, every, every few months, like I said, last time we did this was in March. I think we did a few more episodes like this beforehand. It's just kind of spread out throughout the year. So yeah, let's get to it. Let's start answering away at these questions. First one up comes from a frequent submitter of questions to the show whenever I do this, my good friend Mike Rockstro from up in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Mikey Rock writes into me something that I feel like he has asked me a hundred times, maybe even on this show, but it's all good. I'm going to answer it because I could be wrong even, but uh, what is your favorite movie of the year so far? So, such a basic but very difficult question for me to answer because I don't think... I feel like when theaters opened back up last year, I made it a point to really get out to them. And this year, maybe because of personal reasons, starting a family, I feel like I haven't been able to get out as much as I could, but some changes are on the horizon on that front. I, I think uh, I might be spending some of my weekends at maybe the theater a little bit. I got the go-ahead from the wife to maybe kind of catch up on some stuff I've missed that had been released in like the last month before they leave theaters. But it's hard for me to really pinpoint um, what's the best thing I've seen this year, um, whether on streaming or in theaters, which I've barely been able to get to, like I just mentioned. But And there's so much out there, and I think the industry right now is releasing a lot of kind of standout things but in a like I feel like there's just so much muck out there too like stuff that's kind of just slopped together real quick and you know you look at some of these movie posters and they're just so cringeworthy now but uh they still could be a good movie but um just to kind of maybe name off let me think of like at least some honorable mentions and maybe it'll get some juices flowing. I loved, 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 loved a little independent film. And I had a, a director on at one point, uh, Jeremiah Kipp, who made a film called Slapface that's streaming on Shudder right now. 
uh, very moving horror film. I was very moved by it and so happy to have him on the show. He was such a great guest as well. One of the, one of probably the best episodes of this show, I feel. Uh, that definitely has got to be in the pool for best I've seen so far this year. Uh, but I'm just kind of like looking off here at <laughs> stuff that has been released in 2022 on a list here. I have to mention none other than The Batman. I thought that was a cool take on that that IP. That was such an interesting new look into things that you'd see in the comic books with um, that character of how great of a detective he is and whatnot, because that, that's what the movie is. It's pretty much a, a mystery. There's some action beats in there as well. There's a great little chase scene on the highway uh, with Penguin and The Batman. But it, I don't know. I thought it was a great new take. It wasn't this I mean, I would say, obviously, there's a lot of money put into the look of that film, but it felt a little like a smaller Batman movie because of how he was going about his ways as a vigilante. I thought that was cool. I thought the newest installment into the Scream franchise, technically you'd say Scream 5, but they're going by just Scream, and I thought that was such a awesome uh, installment, a new thing that brought old characters back and kind of meshed them with the a newer batch of kids while sticking to kind of what Scream really is, while also not making, you know, Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, David Arquette, like, take over the movie. Like, there was a great balance of, you know, giving these new characters into the franchise their due. Uh, so I, I loved the new Scream, the Scream, the Batman... What, like I'm, I'm just trying to think of like what else has come out this year that I've seen. Uh, I finally got around to seeing the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie that came out. I know a couple years ago, and which was awesome. I thought that's what I thought that is exactly what everybody said it was going to be. And then I saw the sequel too, and I thought that was a really cool follow up. And you know, I, I know I'm a 33 year old man watching Sonic the Hedgehog, but I think there's something in there for everybody. Uh, but what am I missing here? Like, what would be, and I, I also want to say, I think every, on everybody's list, a lot of people loved everything, everywhere, all at once. And unfortunately, I have not seen that yet. <laughs> so um, when I see it, it might make my, I definitely will see it this year. I think it's starting to pop up on Blu-ray and uh, digital. I think some small theater outlets still have it. So I'm going to hunt it down. It just, a lot of movies that came out in March, April, I didn't really have time to get around to. Another one I really liked was the Netflix original with Ryan Reynolds, The Atom Project. There was, for a, a movie that seems to take place in modern times, um, but has a very kind of like 1980s nostalgic feel to the storytelling. Like this felt a little like Back to the Future or some early Spielberg Amblin film. Um, you know, you know, a fun adventure movie, but has a very just like heartfelt personal message to it. And I, 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 I didn't think I'd like it. Sometimes people hit you with these Netflix original films and go, Oh my God, you got to see it. And then you see it and you're just kind of like, eh, you know, not to be cynical, but, <laughs> but I thought the Adam project lived up to a, like what people were telling me. And it was a lot of fun. I caught it a few weeks after it dropped on Netflix so I'm sorry if I'm not answering your question, Mike, but I think I've just missed out on a lot so far this year 
that um, a lot of people are hailing as their favorites, but those are just kind of a lump sum of my my favorites. I don't really have one yet. I know we're halfway through the year, and maybe I should, but uh, I I think I'll need a little more time. Sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, next question. Generic C of the Generic C podcast. You guys should check that out. He's on hiatus right now, but um, he's got you know he's got a show that uh he's got a good podcast where he talks to creatives to writers actors directors animators me i'm on there i think i was the first guest on the show uh and he kind of like really stays in the sci-fi and horror genre Uh, it's a great fun interview show so generic writes in what's your favorite show from each 80s 90s 2010s and 2000s you forgot the early 2000s the aughts bro um, but I, I'll, I'll answer your question. <laughs> so as for the '80s, my favorite show from the '80s. That's a hard, that's a hard one out of the gate. I was born in '88, so like I didn't experience TV in the '80s. But I've gone back and I've revisited some things, and uh, I did a binge a few years ago of one of the biggest shows from the 1980s, and I fucking loved it. Murder She Wrote. Yes. Murder, She Wrote, baby. 12 seasons, originally debuted in 1984. Uh, I mean, this is... If Murder, She Wrote came out today, we would still love it. But it would, you know, now, you know, they might just want to try and reboot it. And it's not going to be the same. Murder, She Wrote was a, is a fucking classic. Now, Generic, I know you're a horror sci-fi guy. You know I am, too. Um, I'd give Murder, She Wrote a, a try, dude. It's 12 seasons. You can have a lot of fun with it. I'm saying this knowing that you're probably not going to do that. But since I, I know kind of what your what your tastes are like, I will throw in some animated stuff as well. Dragon Ball, which debuted in 1986. At least I'm reading. I think I got that right. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I didn't watch it in the 80s or the 90s. I think I watched it in the early 2000s. But, you know, uh, Dragon Ball is dope. Uh, some animated stuff. Like, obviously, I watched cartoons from the 80s, even though I didn't grow up in the 80s, but Cartoon Network in the 90s aired a lot of, like, old 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s cartoons, like, you know, Master, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and Thundercats. Obviously, I loved stuff like that as well. But to answer your question, I think the overall show, a drama with character arcs, and honestly, it's pretty episodic, too. Like, everything's just kind of... You know, we got 45 minutes to get to a resolution here. Uh, Murder, She Wrote fucking takes the cake for me. I love it. I love it. I think it's the best of that era. I know you got things like the A-Team, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, whatever, fucking Three's Company. I'm just naming all of stuff now. But I don't know. I, I could always go back to Murder, She Wrote. That's a, that's something I don't really tell a lot of people. Uh, anyway, the favorite show of the 90s is a sitcom, actually, because I think sitcoms were really, really booming in the 1990s with must-see TV on NBC. Uh, I think everybody's favorite sitcom, well, at least everybody's, at least a lot of people close to me, it's their favorite sitcom, I feel. Seinfeld, hands down. Seinfeld is my favorite show of the 1990s. I, I, I grew up on it because it was pretty clean, oddly enough. I mean, you go back and you watch... the famous episode of the bet and and Seinfeld fans know what the episode the bet is and I didn't know what was going on you know when Kramer leaves the room after they see a sexy woman outside 
And he comes back in and puts money down and goes, I'm out. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Little did I know it meant he went in the other room and, you know, jerked off. But th there was just a lot of humor that was clean and also maybe some raunchy humor that came off still kind of clean, oddly enough. I, I think Larry David's a genius. I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think Jerry Seinfeld, who is a clean comic, he doesn't really swear a lot on stage. I I just, I think it was, it's a show about nothing. And sometimes you kind of need something like that. Just you're hanging out with these characters and they're really annoying, crazy situations that people can oddly relate to. And it's just, you know, that, that, that show, NBC had it really good in the 90s. Like you had something like Friends, which I'm not really... It's not really my bag, just being honest. Uh, Frasier, which I don't think it's a lot of credit, which I feel is having a bit of a renaissance lately. Uh, and Seinfeld, and I think they had a few other things that went through that must-see TV phase. Yeah, it was just, I, I think Seinfeld takes the cake for, you know, for the, for the 1990s for me. Even though we're skipping early 2000s, generic, I will go with my favorite show from the 2010s. This is a tough kind of window of TV, because this is when the the, the, the TV that we know today was really starting to boom. But I'm going to kind of go back to literally fall of 2010. And I have to go with The Walking Dead. That was, I think, I remember one of those shows that I would watch. It was one of the last shows I would tune in for on a Sunday night. I'd get it right at the time it would air. And by the time it, you know, we got to the third or fourth season and, you know, my, my work schedule was a little all over the place. I would make sure to watch it, you know, a few days, the next day or a few days later on demand. And that's obviously around, you know, 2012, 2014, when you started to kind of see people getting into VOD and, you know, being able to watch stuff after the fact and, you know, binge stuff. And But for me, Walking Dead was really the last of that era of um shows i think that were like event shows on a weekly basis you know now it's now it's streaming now it's uh <laughs> now you watch it a few days after it airs because you missed it or something because you got a busy schedule but walking dead to me was and i know people have their opinions on it that it's kind of ran its course i know it's coming to an end soon and maybe it's overstayed it's welcome uh touched on that last week with uh frank farrell my guest but the i'd say the first half of that show the first five seasons were pretty flawless if you ask me people were watching it the night it aired and talking about it monday morning at work and i don't think you get i think streamers are trying to shift back towards that a little bit but you don't get that as much as you used to so i'm going with the walking dead favorite show of the 2020s well so far which is a hard thing for me to do because a lot of these shows in the 2020s that started then are only like a season or two in um, so I know I'm going to say one thing and probably, <laughs> probably in like, you know, right after I'm done recording this, go like, nah, but this one though, um, it's only cause really maybe it's, I'm in the middle of it right now. Cause season three just dropped. And I think technically season one's 2019, but, uh, cut me some fucking slack here. The boys on Amazon prime. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely a front runner. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that I've watched that's only been a season that's been great or that might strictly only be a season. And they just, you know, do those one-off things now, like, you know, things like The Queen's Gambit, I thought was a great Netflix show. Lovecraft Country, which I finally got around to seeing. 
Uh, it was a great show that isn't coming back for a second season. Um, Ted Lasso, when I had Apple Plus, uh, I watched the first two seasons and I thought it was exactly what everybody said it was. But I don't know. Like, I feel like in my head right now, maybe in a year it'll change, probably will. But I've, I've loved The Boys on Amazon Prime. It's just a great social commentary on the world around us, dealing with superheroes. Uh, yeah, a great graphic novel series as well. And to branch off of this question, I have to say, right now at this point in my life, favorite show of all time, The Sopranos. Moving on. My past guest and past collaborator, and he'll probably be a future guest soon, just like how he always is. You know, he's back every three to six months, and we're working on doing another episode. Carrie V. Carrie Vishwanathan wrote in a question for the show today, and his question is, if you could work with any actor or actress working today, who would you work with? I got two easy ones for you right now. Uh, I'm going to go with an actor and an actress. Uh, I got to go with Jason Bateman right now because he, I, I just feel like personality wise, I kind of identify with him because I know people like to think I constantly look annoyed and I'm not. It's just the way my face is. And Jason Bateman always kind of plays that character really well. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. Uh, I haven't seen one bad Jason Bateman movie or maybe one bad Jason Bateman performance. And I feel like since Ozark hit Netflix, which I'm in the middle of, I'm in season three, I stalled for many years. I think I watched the pilot one day and then never went back to it, which is weird because the pilot episode was fucking awesome. But I finally went back to it now that the show is finished. And um, he's just incredible. And plus he's like, you know, directing and writing behind the scenes on that show. And I think he directed the first two episodes of The Outsider. I just think he's a hell of a talent that's having a real good career right now. And I, I think it would be cool to even not work with him like director to actor or v vice versa. I think it'd just be cool to work with him in any aspect of the creative process, writing, directing, acting. Because uh, I feel like he, I feel like some of the best episodes of Ozark, once the credits roll and it says directed by Jason Bateman, I, I think he directs really well. I think he makes some of the best episodes on that show. Uh, so that's Jason Bateman. That, that's for right now. I think right now I'm just like a big Jason Bateman guy, probably because I'm knee deep in Ozark. Uh, so you're kind of hitting me at that point. Actress wise, uh, Tony Collette, hands down. I think Tony Collette also like Jason Bateman, you know, a woman who's, you know, I, I don't know what her exact age, but you know, she's in her forties, maybe even early fifties. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to get her age wrong, but she is just taking on great role after great role and she's showing up in like cool weird genre films also been in you know i think a few a24 films or maybe just hereditary maybe just that only one but people loved her in hereditary she shows up on these netflix shows and she's great in them she's always in a lot of these indies and she's great in those she was in um the most recent charlie kaufman film I'm thinking about ending things, which was just such an out there film that she was awesome in. I love that woman. I think she is killing it right now. It would be awesome to like even just be a production assistant on set for a movie that she's or a show that she's in and just kind of see her work. It, it, she's very impressive. Next question. Ryan in California writes to me 
ever seen Top Gun? What are your thoughts with the new uh, sequel that has come out? Uh, <laughs> so oddly enough, when this question was submitted, my answer was no. I've actually never seen Top Gun. I've never seen it. I never cared to see it. I see like little, you know, few second promotional seconds of it, you know, on TV or something or just, you know, I'd, I'd always see it pop up on streaming. But I had no desire to ever click play on Top Gun. I don't know why. I just, everybody told me it's just like this really great film. Now, with that being said, as I record this last night, I finally sat down and watched Top Gun. I th- Ryan, I think your question inspired me to actually sit down and check it out. Plus, a few people in my life have been like, have you seen Maverick yet? The, obviously, the new the new Top Gun film that's in theaters uh, with Tom Cruise, uh, a few other people in there as well. And I would give them an answer of just like, no, I, I haven't seen it. I also have no real desire to see it because I've never seen Top Gun. So I sat through an hour and 50 minutes of Top Gun. And I got to say this. I don't think it's really a bad movie. It's it's an 80s film. You know, it's got these very 80s quirks about it. It really is. It's one of those quintessential 80s films. Um, that being said, I didn't really get it. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's really for me. I don't think you'll ever catch me watching Top Gun again. Um, I, I don't want to go on a, a tirade here and be like, you know, and bash Top Gun. Like I, I sat, I love Tony Scott films, by the way. Tony Scott's the director. I, I think the follow-up Tom Cruise and Tony Scott did was Days of Thunder a few years later. And I actually think that is a far superior film. Uh, Tony Scott just, oh my God, I, I don't think he got the love and admiration he did while he was here. He passed away um, a few years ago, actually. And I just, I love his aesthetic and it really comes through in Top Gun, but I don't necessarily, I don't know, like just something in the, the story just felt kind of clunky. It never felt really kind of tied together for me. And I get, that's just my preference, but obviously I can appreciate the fact that there is something like that out there. I mean, it has now spawned a sequel over 30 years later, or is it a reboot? I, I think it's a sequel, right? Um, I don't know if I'm going to go see it. I actually, if I enjoyed it as much as I wanted to, uh, I would have probably gone out today after I was done recording this to go check out Maverick at the theaters. But I don't I don't think I'm going to. And look, I know I'm probably going to get some flack for this. I know there is a built-in Top Gun fan base. I'm not knocking anybody that likes Top Gun. I think there are elements there that work. But just something about it just felt a little clunky. But I appreciate the fact that it has its fan base good for all you Top Gun fans. I, I get it. the characters are so over the top and fun. Val Kilmer, Iceman, Goose. I get why everybody loves Goose. And I think that was just also a real launching pad for a lot of careers with obviously Tom Cruise. Val Kilmer had done a few films prior. So did Tom Cruise. That's what I think what launched them into the stratosphere. Um, Anthony Edwards, obviously, who went on to have a remarkable career as well on a show like ER, one of the best uh, hospital dramas of all time. Um, Meg Ryan pops up in there in a small role. Michael Ironside is in there. Love a movie. I love Michael Ironside. He's one of the best character actors of all time. Uh, and Tom Skerritt. I will watch anything with Tom Skerritt. I live and die by Tom Skerritt. That he is such a great character actor. 
he's such a great actor. I don't even know if I'd call him character actor, but I don't know. Again, just like I think the overall premise of Top Gun just wasn't really my bag, but I can appreciate the the fighter pilot uh, filming. Yeah, there's just things in it that I, that you know I think work, but the storyline I, I I just don't get. I didn't get it. So that's my rant on Top Gun. I don't think I'll I'll probably see Maverick eventually at some point, but I'm not going to rush out to the theaters to check it out. Sorry, I mean no offense to you 80s nostalgia nuts out there. Uh, sorry, Ryan. I don't know if you love Top Gun, uh, but that's my take. Thank you. Next question. Kelsey in Vermont writes to me, Tyler, I am a new parent as well. I am also a aspiring screenwriter. Talk to me about your process now with balancing the fact that you have a baby at home and you're still cranking away at writing and trying to get things made. Great question. Um, it's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I know it's hard. I mean, it, I think honestly, you, you know, you being a mom, if, you know, I, I see what now new mothers go through with, with my wife and, you know, it, it's challenging and, you know, you guys want to take it all on at once and become great mothers. And we want to take it all once and become great fathers. And it's a, it's a process. It takes time. I feel like, you know, when you have downtime, go and chip away at something. Uh, it's all really about time management. And I'm sorry if this is just a generic answer, but this is literally what I've been going through. I've been trying to do the balancing act of, you know, being there when my child is awake and being around and being present and not looking at my phone, even though I'm still guilty of it sometimes, or not spouting off about a crazy idea I had Well, you know, I'm doing parent time for my child. Uh, it happens, you know, you screw up every now and then, but you just, you know, put it behind you, keep going. Um, but one thing I will say I've been doing, and this is not for everybody. Uh, I do have a nice solid schedule now where I am, I'm a stay at home parent right now. And, you know, gives me time to really focus on some things that hopefully can happen to me in the next five years. Uh, so I get up in the morning before she's up. I have like a two hour window, uh, if I want to say like five to seven thirty in the morning and I write, I just, I, whatever I'm working on, I, I chip away at it and then, you know, she'll get up around seven thirty. you know, take care of that. And then when she's back down, if I don't have anything pressing around chores in the house or just anything else, I will go back and I will write and I will kind of just chip away. And after she goes to bed, I might try to do like another hour. So I, that's what works for me. I don't know what works for you. Just try to find a way to make time. Yes, you might move a little slower now with cranking stuff out than, you know, Joe Schmo screenwriter who's gotten no kids. But just give it time. Keep chipping away at it. You're going to do great. You'll get something out there in the world. Uh, and I look forward to seeing it someday. All right. Last question of the day. And th those, that one... Um, and this one were actually from the previous bundle that I didn't get to. So I'm happy, uh, I'm able to get to it. Uh, next question is from Miranda in Tampa Bay. Tyler, what do you do now to get in the zone to get creative when you maybe already have a full plate as is, uh, define a full plate. Uh, me, obviously, like we just talked, I have a baby at home and, uh, I know I mentioned that a lot on the show. It just kind of comes up cause well, fuck it. It's kind of a prominent thing in my life. Uh, but I mean, there's other things like I, I'm super fucking domesticated now more than I think I ever really want it to be. I go out and I mow my lawn and trim my edges and do all this lawn care stuff. 
and you know I do things around the house now and oddly enough those like domesticated things have made me hyper creative so what I'm kind of getting at here is if I do the dishes now one thing I like to do I always like to listen to music I always or listen to somebody else's podcast or something and I'll pop on headphones and just kind of zone out and do dishes and while I'm doing that especially if I'm listening to music because music always sets up music always sets up visual cues in my head I'm able to kind of sit there and think of what I'm maybe currently working on while I'm doing dishes mind you that may not make me the best dishwasher of all time I mean shit in high school I was fired for being a dishwasher by my own sister <laughs> That's a different story for a different day. I may have said that on the show. Yeah, I I, I just kind of try to implement, if I have to go mow the lawn that day, I'm going to slap headphones on, mow the lawn, and I'm going to listen to something, and it's going to you know help my brain develop, help me think about what I'm working on. And therefore, I don't necessarily get frustrated with, oh, I have to go cut the edges of the grass to line up my lawn like I mean I'm in Florida I got to make the lawn look nice I mean frankly I don't really give a shit but you know I have to I it's just one of those things that you have to do when you live down here and it fucking sucks if you ask me but um yeah I, I try to maybe when I have to deal with real life tasks but I have a chance to also kind of do them on my own and be independent I make that a point to still kind of keep the gears working so that when I'm in my office and I'm writing or something, that really benefits me. Because I think a lot of people who, a lot of artists, musicians, filmmakers, writers, when, you know, the real life things start to really build up on you, starting a family, having a house, bills to pay, all this, all that extra stuff, uh, that can make you kind of give up on things you're passionate about. And I try to always make time that even when I'm not actually doing something like that, I am still kind of in the headspace I want to be. So I hope that answers your question. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode where I opened up the mailbag and took some questions in. Obviously, I, I still have some questions uh, that maybe I'll just kind of bank for a later one. And honestly, you don't even have to wait for us to announce that we're taking in questions. If you just want to shoot us a question via Tyler Geis's Basement Pod, I'll leave the Instagram handle I always do on every episode, and you can just shoot us a DM and just say, you know, for the next mailbag episode, I'd like to ask this, yada, yada, yada. And I'll be sure to make it a point to try and answer it. I, again, I, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not getting letters like I'm Santa Claus, but I, you know, I, I get questions a lot, and I obviously like to, you know, take a an ep, a, a Monday where usually I'm doing interviews or usually I'm blabbering about something, and just like to do something like this. They're short and sweet episodes. Hope you enjoy them. Well, thirty minutes. I think that's a solid podcast episode. They don't all need to be two and a half hours or something. Not that mine are all the time. But, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so the show does not go into the abyss. I say it every goddamn week. The show has not gone into the abyss, but still, you know, help a brother out. Also, if you'd like to buy me a coffee, and basically what that means is you kind of donate to my work by throwing me a dollar or two, you can hit the link in the show notes for coffee.com slash Tyler Geis. Uh, that is much appreciated. That helps go towards 
maybe some things I need to do for the show. Some, you know, if I got to track down some movies I got to talk about, but I got to pay for them on streaming, like on Amazon Prime, I can do something like that. Or, I don't know, fucking gas is expensive. That's what everybody's bitching about these days. <laughs> Everybody is bitching about gas. And I don't know. I, I, I'd say rightfully so. Rightfully so. It's pretty crazy right now. I'm not going to dive too far into that. Anyway, see you all next week. We'll have a brand new episode next week where we'll be talking about some more cool shit on the basement. See you then.